Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the first episode of I Married Your Therapist. My name is Price, and I factually and demonstrably married your therapist. My name is Ashlyn. I'm a licensed therapist, and I'd just like you to keep in mind that I am a therapist, but I'm not actually your therapist. Okay, sidebar really quick. I'm sorry, listener. This is our first time. Um, Ashlyn. I specifically asked you to say that you were the listener's therapist, and I feel like you're not getting that memo. It really is a bummer that ethically I have to clarify that. You have to clarify that? I do. We couldn't even just be cute with it? And it's like going to keep being like this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, over the last couple of years, I've seen you go through this journey of becoming a mental health therapist. From your undergraduate, your master's, licensure, the whole shebang. During that time, I have also begun seeing a therapist for myself mm-hmm. and have seen and experienced the journey from kind of somebody embarking into that world, coming from a place that did not, <laughs> I was not wanting to be in therapy. I thought that was a sign of weakness. Right. That whole arc. So I think, you know, my, my hope for this podcast is that through discussing kind of our experiences coming from different perspectives when it in regards to mental health um, maybe we can peel back the curtain a little bit and actually talk about what happens in therapy why it's important and maybe shed some light to on that process to people who are in therapy who aren't getting what they want out of it or people who are scared to even start don't know you know, if it would be something that would be beneficial to them, we can kind of talk through that. Yeah, I'm really hoping to get to demystify counseling for people who are curious about counseling but have never been before, people who would like to go but don't have access to it. Um, right. People who are in counseling but still have questions or are curious or just want to continue that conversation around mental health. Yeah, yeah. totally. So to that end, let's kind of introduce this a little bit. I'd I'd love to, I I think one of the least understood things about therapy, (laughs) at least from my perspective, going into it was how one becomes a therapist in the first place. Like when you think of therapy, you think of like movie and TV scenes where the main character is the one in the room. The main character is usually never the therapist themselves. Yeah. It's not about their journey. It's about the character who's in the room laying down, talking about their feelings. Right. They're there for a scene or whatever. Exactly. So you're the main character of this show. Talk us, (laughs) talk us through your experience and what you had to do to become a fully licensed mental health practitioner. Sure. So there are a couple of different routes to it. Um... People can become a counselor through a social work program. Um, People can become a licensed therapist through a doctoral program. Um, And I personally came to it through a master's in clinical mental health counseling program. Um, That was my choice uh, because at the time, currently, my understanding is that it is the 
program with the most hours of direct client work. And I knew that I wanted to be in the room with clients. I knew that I wanted to be doing therapy. And so I chose the program that gave me the most time actually learning about and doing that thing. In social work, you tend to also spend time, you know, in other fields, a lot of people in social work don't go into counseling. They go into other fields. And um, in the doctoral programs contain a lot of research and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's that highbrow, like, research paper and studies. Yeah, doing and, a lot yeah. of research. Yeah. You get really specific into a certain area. That's all amazing. Um, but not as much time in the room with clients, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And, yeah, and when you say in the room, you mean, like, in a session yeah. with a human being? <laughs> yes, yes, actually doing there. the thing yeah. that I wanted to be doing down the road. So right. the most amount of time um getting practice with that and getting supervision with that uh the beginning of that was in undergrad i studied psychology that's a pretty common route i would say but not for everybody um and then i spent time working in as a receptionist at a uh, counseling center um, that helped kind of solidify that was the direction I wanted to go. And then I applied to grad school, took the GRE, got into grad school, a specific clinical For the listeners at home, what kind of program. score did you get on that GRE? It was fine. It was fine? It was fine. Like, it got me into grad school. Good enough to get you into Harvard if that had been your choice school? It might have been. It might have been. Okay. It might have been. Yeah, I was just wanted to clarify that. So I... Um... <laughs> <laughs> So you take your GRE, mm -hmm. you get into grad school. Mm -hmm. How long was the program? Remind me, two years, three years? Uh, two and a half years. So there were, for our program, there were three semesters a year, and it was two full years and two full semesters. So two thirds of a year. Okay. Uh, and what was the name of your degree? Uh, clinical mental health counseling. Okay. And once you get that degree, you're ready to go? No, then there are still a lot of steps to take. So you get the degree, and um, as you're working toward it, you have to get um, direct hours with clients and indirect hours where you're doing other parts of that work, getting supervision, doing documentation, everything like that. And then you take a test that allows you to graduate your program. You take a test that allows you to get your license. And along with that comes doing background checks and other verifications. Why and all of this work and all of the, these steps to yeah. become a therapist? Why is it harder to become a therapist than it is like to become a cop? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's an issue. But... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal to become a therapist. There's a lot of, a lot to learn, a lot to unlearn. Um, we have to, you know, not only learn about skills and techniques and things to use in the room, um, learn about rapport building, but you're also learning about how to, how to be yourself, how to practice self-care, how to... Um, how to bracket, which means how to take the things that are going on in your life or the thing that you relate to in the moment or whatever and be able to put brackets around it to be able to set that aside and really focus on the person that's in front of you and recognize when you're not able to do that well so you don't end up taking out your own biases and your own things on somebody else. Another big part of the program is exploring your biases and, you know, learning a lot of that stuff, so... So you you have to be like pretty good with yourself, pretty right with yourself in order to help other people get right. I guess. Yeah, and therapists, I mean, therapists are just human, but I think that 
you have to really learn you know something that we talked about early in school and then throughout school is never asking your clients to do things that you're not willing to do yourself Mm. so I think a lot of that training is learning how to do those things yourself how to implement them how to recognize that and of course therapists are just people they're going to go through stuff too but um you need to be able to recognize early signs that maybe that's getting in the way of your work and be able to manage that i think that was a great breakdown of kind of your journey through that do you have any other thoughts that you'd want to share with a audience that may not be familiar with that process um I don't know. I guess there's there's a lot to it, and then there's a lot on the outside of it. So even once you graduate, you're still getting hours and out, you know, um, oh, that's thousands right. yeah. of hours of supervision uh, or direct client work with supervision. Explain um, explain what supervision is to us. So supervision is for every forty hours of um, work that you do with clients, you're going to have an hour of supervision. Um, you know, it's about once a week or once every other week, and you're going to spend that time in supervision. Supervision is about the counselor, not about the client that they're seeing, um, but whatever client has um, agreed to maybe have their session recorded, um, they're aware that their counselor has a supervisor. All of my clients would be aware that my counselor ha- or that their counselor has a supervisor, and you would take that... Um, time with your supervisor to you know discuss current cases that you're working on to maybe listen to actual session time so that they can give you feedback um to talk about ways that things in your own life might be interfering practice that bracketing practice you know examining for bias so you're basically sitting down with somebody a little bit more senior in the field who's just double checking to make sure that you're not screwing anybody up (laughs) basically (laughs) yeah absolutely and that person has not only gone through their associate level which is when you're having that supervision but they've you know become fully licensed beyond that so they've dropped the associate and then they go on to actually have a supervisor title attached to their license so they go through a whole other series of checks and processes what i find interesting about that personally is that you own your own private practice ashtree counseling center but you aren't but you're still a therapist under supervision you have an associate level certification right so you still have a supervisor. You own your own business, though. Yeah. It's just an interesting... It is an interesting dynamic. I mean, once you um, get licensed, you've already completed, you know, hundreds of hours of counseling. You've already done all these different things. Um, but that system is really there to protect the client work that you're doing in the room. You know, being a business owner is a pretty separate, a pretty separate thing. So I think what I'm really trying to get across to anybody listening who may be unfamiliar with therapy, for lack of a better term, um, is that if you contact a, a licensed counselor in your state, mm-hmm. that person, rest assured, will have, as a bare minimum, hundreds if not thousands of actual hours oh, yeah. working with clients and years of education yep. on the topic. So... As a, as a bare minimum, for and it's a universal. Yeah, some people say, why would I go to a counselor when I can, you know, talk to my friends? Um, and first of all, part of what you're getting with counseling is that third 
person opinion so somebody who's not doesn't have feelings invested in the middle of your situation or what's going on um but also they really do have so much training um so much practice using those skills and it is different than talking to a friend even as therapists we don't talk to our friends in the same way that we talk to clients because again our feelings are invested there and with clients it's really just a time to focus on on you and to have a non-judgmental space to do that that's a great point let's that perfectly segues to the next thing i wanted to ask about what is counseling exactly you know if you've if you're talking to somebody who's never been mm-hmm. and they're like, what is it like? What could I expect? What do you, how do you usually explain that to somebody? What is counseling? I, I mean, counseling is really going to be unique to the individual. Um, I, this is a little bit silly, but I sometimes think of counseling as like a magic room, although it's uh now often virtual <laughs> maybe you're in your own room so in a but sense it, it is magical in a number of ways it's magical in a number of ways technology's come a long way but it's this place where um you're getting to just have that time focused on uh developing your own perspective growing your own awareness having somebody hear what's going on in your life without that person needing to be directly impacted by it and they're getting to give this educated and balanced perspective to you to help you grow skills to work through those issues and I mean the whole goal of counseling is that the counselor's working themselves out of a job so it should be something where you know you're not getting advice you're not just being told what to do but you're learning how to do those things for yourself so that then you can take those skills and go confidently out into the world and apply them yeah for me it was like struggling with anxiety the counseling wasn't about how to be less anxious it was about how to in moments where i am feeling anxiety Mm -hmm. how to deal with that yeah anxiety is going to happen and you get to learn since i am going to continue facing this what can i do and then the wonderful thing about that is as anxiety has less control over your life you have less anxiety (laughs) um because you're not worried about it coming it's funny how that works it is funny how that works (laughs) yeah and so, so many things are true in that way, that it just takes time. Yeah. So we've asked, like, what is counseling? And your answer was basically, it depends on the person, which sure. I know is going to be so true. Because counseling, especially from your perspective, is so bespoke to the person in the room, right? Yes. What are some universal truths about counseling? What, what can anyone expect out of a healthy, positive counseling relationship? Well, I guess a couple guidelines are that you, the relationship is the biggest thing. You should really trust the counselor that you're with. Um, there's been a lot of research to show that even though there are so many different modalities, so, you know, you might hear about CBT or DBT or EMDR and all of those whoa, things. Whoa, whoa, that was a lot of acronyms really it's fast. a lot of acronyms. Th- those are just different methodologies for Different methodologies, right? yeah. different tools that your counselor might have in their tool belt during yeah. a session. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is that, uh, what we found is, is that if, um, 
is that those modalities are all essentially equally effective. Now, that's not going to be completely true to every individual situation. There's probably something out there that works better for you than other things. But in general, research has found that the relationship was above everything else that really feeling like your counselor is invested in you, that they're very present in the room with you, um, that you trust them, and that they're able to create that non-judgmental space is what's going to allow you to really heal and grow. I used to be um, a sexual assault victim advocate, and the person who taught me everything about that always said to the people who came in, um, if you, when she was getting them connected with therapy, she would say, you know, you have to trust your therapist. If you don't trust them, you won't share. And if you don't share, you won't grow. And that's a really, right. or you won't heal. Yeah. And that's a really simple breakdown. But it's it's true. If you can't share what's actually going on, you're not going to be able to get to the root of those things. And I had a conversation with somebody today mm-hmm. who just found out that their girlfriend of eight years had been cheating on them the entire time. Admitted mm. to that today. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very raw for him. And yeah. he was... He, you know, and prior to this conversation, a couple, like a week or two ago, I had, was kind of talking to him about the benefits of therapy, mm-hmm. just in general. So it was funny to me when this conversation came up today, he said, you know, I, this is just fuel, just going to make me stronger, mm-hmm. which I think I can respect a positive, trying to have a positive take. Sure. Trying to move forward. But to someone like that, going through something like that, you, you know, it feels like burying that hurt yeah and deciding it's going to fuel you is ultimately just going to create more pain long term Mm -hmm. what what would you what would you say to to my friend that that was true of yeah i think that our perspective on the things that we go through really really matters something that i see in breakups a lot in particular um or relationship issues is i think about the way that we heal around things and the narratives that we heal with so I really like talking about narratives and counseling in general and the narratives that we have in our life but if you have ever seen a tree that's like grown around a fence or around there was this one that I saw as a kid around a bike and that sort of thing if you've ever seen a tree like grow around something when we grow around a false perspective when we grow around something that isn't true or isn't helpful or that you know tells us something that's false about us or about the way that we'll interact with other people in the future um digging that out is really painful and I think about sometimes people healed around one narrative and then something in life took that narrative away they finally got the truth about something they finally had a perspective shift they realized that that narrative wasn't working and now we have to do the really messy work of digging that thing out and now there's a chasm there there's this space and that's really painful, and the healing work can't be done until that thing is out. And so the narrative that we grow around, that we heal around, is really important. And so for somebody in a situation like that, it's important that he's getting this time to really think through his perspective and not just feel like he has to march on because maybe he can. Maybe he can just tuck it down and can just carry forward, but it's going to come up again the next time he's trying to get into a relationship, those trust issues and the next time that he's encountering people in relationships or that he's in a relationship that isn't a romantic one but that's just a you know close platonic one or whatever it's gonna it's gonna impact him so if you can 
as we sign off mm-hmm. for today's episode at least. Yep. Could you to I imagine a listener who is just like totally not interested in therapy. Why they would click on a podcast called <laughs> I Married Your Therapist is beyond me. But sure. to somebody who doubts it, talk to me back in, I'll say like 2018. You know, I don't want to do it. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a sign of weakness. I feel like I'm not, you know, it's a cop out to go to the therapy. You know, what would you tell me about therapy now? If you could talk to me then, what what are some things that you would tell somebody who's resistant yeah. to going to therapy? Is is what you're doing working? Is this as good as it's going to get? And are you happy with that? Mm. You know, I think that conversation, once again, like everything else, is going to depend on the specific person and where they're at. If you're not ready to go to counseling, you're not ready. It's probably not going to be effective. Um, and that's fine. Uh, it's really different for somebody to be in the room at a time where they didn't want to come versus a time where they actually now are at a different place in their life. And I've gotten to see some people in both of those places or see somebody who had gone previously and now they're back and they actually want to be there. Um, And it is different. So I would never push somebody to go who's certain that they're not ready to go. They're right. They're right about themselves. But is this as good as it gets? And what if if there's something else? What if... um, what if you don't have to push it down and yeah. find strength what if in the, you don't the have to keep yeah. Exactly. What if you don't have to keep sticking your head down and just trudging through? Um, what if you don't have to keep coping with other things that only work for so long? Right. Um, but what actually if, pursue like peace and joy yeah. in your life. Yeah. yeah, what if there was something else? Do you have any... I, I guess I would just want to know, and I, I would assume a, any listeners would want to know, what got you in therapy in the first place? Like, why why are you a therapist? And yeah, well, I think like a lot of therapists, I um, had a lot of hurt in my family as a kid. I saw my family members struggle. I was sometimes the family therapist, by which I mean. I was the advice giver, the support person or whatever. and The siblings and parents, right? Right. And by the time I got to college, I really wanted to know how people worked um, and if there was a way to make it better and if there was a way to figure myself out and not hurt in those ways. Um, Another aspect of that is my mom was a nurse and would always say she loved studying nursing because everybody has a body, so it applies to everybody and... To me, everybody has a brain, and so mental health and learning about managing that applies to everybody. But now that I'm here, you know, one of the first things that I said when we started the client work in our grad school program was nobody told me how much I was going to love my clients, how much I was just going to be so excited to cheer them on. Nobody prepared me for this. Everything else, everything else we talked about, we talked through – But nobody told me how much I was just going to deeply root for the people sitting in front of me. And we have so many commonalities. And then everybody is so unique at the same time. And just what a delight it is to sit in front of somebody and watch them take ownership of their own life. And I see you live into that all the time. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Because while the details of your clients remain completely confidential to you, 
I I can just tell by your presence that uh, I adore it. it. I love me. them. I love them dearly, and I um, it's such a special way to get to invest in people's lives, um, and yeah, to just watch people who. Uh, people who are coming to counseling already want something to be different. They're already at a very specific moment in right, their life. Right. Um, and I have the the pleasure of getting to be with them during that time. Right. And it's amazing to watch them take that energy and actually have the outcome of knowing more about themselves, knowing more about how to be in their relationships, knowing more about what they want out of life. Um, yeah, it's it's a joy. Well, you heard it here, folks. It's a joy. <laughs> you're you're a therapist that I married. <laughs> I find you a joy, a complete and total delight. <laughs> she considers you a joy. <laughs> if you're out there, you're in therapy. Keep going. Yeah. Keep working through it. If you are contemplating going to therapy, yeah. Ask yourself, you know, is what you're doing now working? Yeah. If you're interested in learning more about therapy or even getting connected with a therapist, yeah. Check out here. What's the uh, what's yeah. the address we should send them to? AshtrayCounselingCenter.com is my practice. Um, and if you go there and you reach out and you're not in my state because I can only see clients in North Carolina, um, I'd love to help give you resources to get you connected with a counselor in your area. And, and do you get a uh, get paid for that? <laughs> I don't. But you'd be happy to do it. I'd be happy to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your time. Well, until next time. Until next time. <laughs> We've got to come up with a better sign off. Oh my god, dude. <laughs>